just hanging out doing our thing the weather's nice it's finally getting hot uh <laughs> which means everyone needs to treat this like it's spring break uh, no uh well Still you haven't quarantine? been to florida lately <laughs> i have not oh uh, man i'd like to extend an early congratulations to the class of 2020 uh, you did it, and I'm sorry that this is what you have to emerge into, but it's not your fault. You couldn't no. prepare for this any better, and uh, your survival and uh, current situation has nothing to do with the fact that you put so much time and energy into your past years and all of your studies, and we're very proud of you here at Biwap. Yes, we are. <laughs> and speaking Good job, of which, you guys. <laughs> and I know future's looking bleak, but we're gonna get through this. And yeah. once it's over, we're gonna take the world by storm again. Yeah, everything's okay. All that matters is that you need to get through to tomorrow so that you can help us extend the future and show the world what we're capable of. Yes, bitch. <laughs> Spage. 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 Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> and if that means that you have to burn all your schoolwork and stare at the flames as you watch your past few years of accomplishments turn into ash, so like some it. of us... Do for it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> uh, tag us in your pics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, I'm Elena. And I'm Stephanie. And, and this, this is... is... Bet you wish Ooh. this was in our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm okay. Hanging in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm Okay. <laughs> At so tell point. me about your smoking laptop situation. What happened? Ooh. Uh, my charger started smelling like burning wires. <laughs> oh, you know that healthy, yeah. perfect the morning fragrant, smell. <laughs> the fragrant, <laughs> fragrant smell uh, of burning. And we just need uh, yeah. a Yankee Candle smell, burning electronics. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean. I quickly disconnected. My computer is okay. Safe. <laughs> the charger is now dead. Uh, but I ordered a new one and it came already. So, damn. Yes. Fast service and delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, yeah. luxury. You know, I think. I think today is. Uh, Fun segue. I think today's topic not only is appropriate for like our monthly theme, but also is appropriate for our uh, current state of affairs. Oh, definitely. <laughs> a very relatable mood of a painting, if you will. Indeed. Ah, oh, man. Um, uh, do you want to introduce the topic? I do. Ladies and gentlemen. Friends, enemies, lovers. Today we are talking about Edward Monk's The Scream and what the fuck happened to it. I actually, I was telling you this earlier, I had no idea that this painting was stolen. Yes, <laughs> twice. I know, we're doing the research and it's just like, wait, what? What? <laughs> Excuse me? Yep, yep. 
Oh Who man, knew? this is one of those paintings. No, this is one of those paintings that like I had I knew from studying ex- like expressionism and yeah. you know, being a consumer of popular culture. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everything about this painting. This is going to be such a such an easy topic. We're going to sneak <laughs> right through this. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> yep. I had I had oh, no idea. I had a lot no idea. Happened so much to happened. It. Too much yep. happened. Even a bit too much. One might say yes. One might say. <laughs> um, oh man, yeah. It, it has a crazy story and uh, two crazy stories actually. And um, yeah, we're just gonna jump right into it, I guess. Oh man. So. Uh, basically, the scream is considered-ish like the second Mona Lisa for wow. the modern art world. Ish. Sorry. Ish. Ish. <laughs> uh, they, uh, well, some, some art historians said this. I'm not uh, declaring it as one, but <laughs> this is what I have found in my research that um, because of its fame and because of the same typish history of being stolen and becoming a sensation because of it, because of it being recreated in mass media nowadays countless times, it is considered as uh, maybe not <laughs> as iconic as uh, Mona Lisa, but quite up there, to say the least. Well, you know, um, there's just so much about it that that brings back that Mona Lisa esque emotion, you know, with the skull shaped head and the <laughs> elongated hands and those wide eyes and yep, the, the same thing that Mona Lisa has, right? yeah, right, the same, right? and that fiery red background, just right. mm, take that, Van, uh, whoa, take that, Da Vinci. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Um, same painting. Same. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> same it <mood>. looks identical. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um, but Scream is um, was painted by uh, Edward Munch. He's a Norwegian expressionist. Uh, I didn't know that artist. either. I thought yeah. I would have known that, but I didn't know that either. You didn't? I didn't. I had no idea. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's. Um, he's really cool, actually. I like his work he's a lot. so cool. Talk about yeah. new fave. <laughs> <laughs> his work is very uh, scream is kind of like it kind of stands out from rest of his the rest of his work because the rest of his work is even more um in like I don't want to say disturbing, but like. Uh, more personal and more um, expressionistic. Well, absolutely. It's it's one of his most um, mo- it's his most defining piece in his collection. Yes. The man had a ton of works, but I think a ton. Um, the the amount of energy and the amount of work and the amount of uh. The, the amount of himself he put into the scream or the shriek or whatever you call it um, <laughs> really harkens to how deeply affected he was by the painting himself or by the the emotion behind the painting and yeah. everything that he did in reference to this painting and this scene and this emotion and this it's it's something that he can't let go of. And so because yeah. of his obsession with it, we ourselves are following in his footsteps. We're also obsessed with it because he was obsessed with it. I mean, the man made five copies of this painting and poetry, <laughs> and he wouldn't shut yeah. up about it. <laughs> nope. Um, he did not. And, well, it's not... Let's start with the title, 
technically it's we know it as the scream yes and in mass culture mass media it is known as the scream uh but the original title uh is in german and it it translates to the scream of nature uh and then there's also a norwegian title called shriek translates to shriek <laughs> so yeah it has two titles well three technically <laughs> and it goes in the the one cat hit this series of uh called freeze of life and he has a bunch of different uh, like works in this series uh and scream is one of them um but yeah he painted more than one version he was obsessed and he not only just painted them as well yeah um and i mean that agonized face in the painting that i think we all can think of as the inspiration for so many uh popular culture like references but that face yeah is one of the most iconic images in art and it's um it's constantly referred to as a symbol of anxiety or the anxiety of the human condition um it's it's yeah. been interpreted in a thousand different ways but i think specifically the more interesting and the thing that like we or or a very popular attachment to it is like this um like a modern capital M T M modern angst ridden human being <laughs> who's who's rejected all concept of life and liberty and God and materialism and there's no comfort <laughs> and he is alone in the world and everyone around him surrounds him and ignores da 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 it's <laughs> <laughs> the usual. The usual <laughs> Yes. hashtag just capitalist problems <laughs> but it's great well, yeah it's great because it is at this pinnacle moment in time and history the the painting itself is phenomenal because it's modern art and it's upsetting and it's expressionism so it's it's challenging all of the traditional art movements that you know we've already discussed as being the the standard quote-unquote and so it's mm -hmm. it's challenging everything that we know and we see about it and that's what makes it like from an art historical perspective a really fascinating painting to talk about and to study and to bring attention to Definitely. but like <laughs> it's I don't like I don't know. I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that he was obsessed with it. Did the like the diary entry that everyone has to quote, and therefore we have to as well, um, where he just won't stop talking about it. Yeah. The uh, so depending on which painting you're talking about, and depending on like. Uh, the first, like, the first painted version of this was exhibited in 1893. And in 1892, in that diary entry, uh, Monk kind of explains the, the inspiration, quote-unquote, for this painting. Um, and he says... I was walking along the road with two friends. The sun went down. I felt a gust of melancholy. Suddenly the sky turned a bloody red. I stopped, leaned against the railing, tired to death, as the flaming skies hung like blood and soared over the blue-black fjord and the city. My friends went on. I stood there trembling with anxiety. I felt a vast, infinite scream tear through nature. This is so good. <laughs> yep. 
Talk about a fucking drama queen. I love him. He is. He is. And he is amazing for it. <laughs> He's so good for it. I mean, is it he who screams or is it the nature who screams? Is it we who scream by looking at the scream? <laughs> it's probably all of us. We all scream. <laughs> and we are all perpetually screaming. In my heart, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was... Uh, enamored by this moment and obsessed with it as you said enough to paint uh, to make four versions of it and then also make prints of it and etc etc but the it has been talked about a lot what it's about in the first place so before we get into like the thefts and 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 all that juicy stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to discuss this for a second. Because what the hell is he talking about? I don't know. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Because there are a bunch of theories about what he might be mentioning in this. So this is an entry he did uh, a year before the the painting right. was created, right? Or was shown, were created, and he wrote this diary entry when he was in France, but he wrote it about when he was in Oslo. So he was looking back at it. So this this is basically a reflection of it because even in the painting he the the bridge that he walks over the, the the scene that we see is in Oslo and is uh, a set place there you can go and visit so, it actually yeah yeah you can um and there have been like scholars who have theorized about what he might have seen what was this red red thing that he saw in the sky uh was it or why did the sky turn red um, was it because of uh, vol- volcano, a volcano or vo- volcanic eruption? That one's actually a which, really interesting theory. Yeah. Um, it's uh, like a year or two ago before that, I'm not sure. Uh, the eruption of Krakatoa in Indonesia happened. Oh, uh, in in 83 so like a decade before this that's actually what's so frustrating about that theory is that um so so there was a article that came out in 2004 that was talking about how those um brilliant sunsets that like all of those reds and blues and oranges and terror um might have been from the Indonesian eruption um, in 83, 1883. And all of the debris and all of the smoke and all of the, uh, you know, all that ash could have traveled across the continents and made its way to Europe just with, like, the winds and stuff. And and there are um, newspaper articles and there are journal entries from the time that explain, like, Um, there's this one, uh, article from a newspaper that said, um, soon after five o'clock, the Western horizon suddenly filled, uh, suddenly flamed into a brilliant scarlet, which crimsoned sky and clouds. People in the streets were startled at the unwanted sight and gathered in small groups on all corners to gaze into the West. Many thought a great fire was in progress. And so technically it was, and and technically (laughs) it was, and so that's a theory. But even Monk never talks about when exactly he saw this fire, or or when he saw the sky turn red, or um, there was this one theory that it was synesthesia that he saw the sunset turn red, and he heard he heard a noise associated with the color and it was screaming or, or, you know, like, and then his family has a history of mental illness. So maybe that 
like has something to do with it or or you know like it's just or maybe he's just an anxious lad who wants to yell at things (laughs) which is also acceptable um did you see the uh 18th century like theory of uh oh what's it called of the sublime that one's also edmund burke's theory where yeah uh Nature is so grandiose that anytime you look at it for too long, you realize that you yourself are um, so small in comparison. And then that registers like as a kind of horror (laughs) in which you then scream, which I mean, because mood, (laughs) mood, definitely. (laughs) I read about sublime and that stuff when I was taking a course in art philosophy Woof. and gosh darn it I hate philosophy so much it's a lot I it. it's a lot it's, I love it very much but because I it hate it stresses very much. me the fuck out I cannot handle it I just want to talk about bullshit art me, theory please. philosophy for hours someone at me no, will no, do no. it I'm no, into no, it no no <laughs> At me, not Elena. At me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please don't at me. I want to talk about how color theory reflects emotional states. Ah. <laughs> I mean, sure, that's fine. But when you go into like, uh, I, I just uh, philosophy infuriates me. <laughs> so because they don't make sense. You could say that sentence normally. Yeah, and I will understand, but you have to use these fancy words that just makes me so confused that I like where what is going on. Oh, I mean, jargon is the gatekeeper of fun conversations. I hate it. No, I hate it. <laughs> I would rather talk like we are talking. Me too. Hence the and... podcast. Honestly. Yep. True. True. <laughs> we should have um... an art theory philosophy podcast (gasps) no oh my god all right let me write that down real fast (laughs) no but that i think is the interesting notion where the scream the imagery of the scream the the reflection of individual suffering the distortion of environment, the distortion of self, even if you never understand like what the fuck he was talking about or or why he believes that the world is ending and his moment in relationship to uh, nature is so terrifying. Um, it's definitely a painting to spend a lot of time with because the longer you look at it, the horror... The silent scream, which is, I think, one of the most, like, impactful types of screaming is what makes it so interesting or what makes it so uh, captivating because of the fact that you're stuck looking at it. And not only are you looking at it, but then you have to feel it. And you know that this, this form, this person is screaming but is he, but is it a person or is it an omen is it a is it a figural representation or is it a imagined version of what nature is is this the id is this the ego is this the super like uh, it's so good what is it's it so good it's a wild ass painting yes. that's for sure i mean the fact that you can just go on and on and talk about it and discuss it and what what you see and what feeling it gives off and etc. It just goes to show how important work it is and I mean, how how interesting it is. I mean, people wouldn't place. pay a hundred and twenty million dollars for it if they didn't think it was a. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get into that. Um, so. Like we said before, there have been multiple uh, screams in existence, and there uh, there still are. Um, the first one was an oil painting. Yes. And it's the one that's the most popular. Um, and it was painted in 
1893. And then this, uh, this uh, it's now kept in uh, the National Gallery of Norway in Oslo. Um, and then there's a second one he painted at, in the same year that's done in pastel. Pastel? Pastel. <laughs> um, and it's in the Monk Museum also in Oslo. Uh, afterwards two years later he did another pastel version and uh, and that one was sold at Sotheby's uh, Impressionist and Modern Art Auction in 2012 uh, for 100, approximately 120 million dollars insane uh, which today's price, if you change it to today's price, it will be somewhere around 133 million. And it's <laughs> so much money. It was sold to a yeah. What would you do with 133 million dollars? Probably by art, but like, what would you do with 133 million dollars? <laughs> uh, buy a monk. Buy a monk. Oh my god. Yeah. Buy the screen. Um... <laughs> By the screen, um, yeah, and it was bought by a financer, of course, he, uh, called Leon Black. Damn. And then there's the fourth version, which he painted like ten years afterwards, fifteen years afterwards. So if uh, he painted the the um, the first, or if he exhibited the first one in 1893. Then the fourth painting was in 1910? Yes, 1910. 1910. And this was also in oil. Yes. Um, and this was not it. <laughs> he also created a lithograph uh, stone of the image, and he made like multiple prints of it which now some remain uh but eventually the the lithograph was repurposed uh, or resurfaced uh, by the printer when monk wasn't around <laughs> um but there's also those those prints oh and don't forget uh, the poem Oh yes, <laughs> there's also a poem that he wrote about it. Oh man, uh, yeah. is it the one that he put on the painting? I don't remember. There's something where like, um, he's got a on one of the paintings. The MoMA has a great article on this, but essentially it's like, um, he self-authors this poem about. Uh, the painting and then like transcribes it onto the frame of the uh, of the work and uh, <laughs> it's just he's so dramatic <laughs> he is he's very dramatic <laughs> he's so dramatic but we love him for it we need him to do this but yeah so it's yes. like it's majorly majorly popular yeah, he loves it. Definitely, we is. love it. <laughs> Everyone loves it. So why did? <laughs> so it obviously. God, we then obviously have to talk about like, why on earth was it stolen, and who who was the criminal mastermind who would steal <laughs> this iconic, obsessive work. Who indeed? Indeed. Who indeed? Kumstev. <laughs> so just to make clear, two of the paintings are in Monk, the Monk, or two of the works, one paste one pastel pastel, wow. One pastel and one uh oil painting is in the Monk Museum. Mm-hmm. One was sold and the first painting is in the National Gallery of Norway. So three out of the four are in Oslo. Yes. Yes. 
and both of the oil paintings not not just one mm-hmm. both of them were stolen oh shit okay but at different times <laughs> as you do but at different times yes oh, man <laughs> that i think is the craziest part about this because like you'd think <laughs> you'd think they'd have learned after the first time yeah that one well was i safe. guess Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, the f- the first one was stolen from the National Gallery, and the second one was stolen from the Monk Museum. So oh I guess they didn't communicate <laughs> the essential importance. Communication, of good security. Communication is key in both relationships and in interdepartmental <laughs> museum security. Yep, uh, but also. Uh, it's it was quite different the thefts that occurred so we can't really uh, we can't blame the national gallery one. Oh, that one's hysterical <laughs> but the second one was kind of more uh, serious um want to start sure so the 1994 theft is it's 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 wackadoo. So on February 12th, 1994, uh, the same day that the 1994 Winter Olympics opened, uh, two men broke into the National Gallery of Oslo and in 50 seconds, time it, 50 seconds, stole <laughs> that version of the scream. Uh, <laughs> going so far as to leave a little note reading... Thanks for the poor security. <laughs> um, wow. The painting had been moved down, like, from its usual position to a second-story gallery as a part of the Olympic festivities because, look, and let's celebrate our works. Hooray, Norway. Yay. <laughs> um, and the thieves decided that they were just going to use a ladder, climb up a window, break into the National Gallery, they cut a wire holding the painting to the wall, and then, of course, left the note. <laughs> There's And the most embarrassing part... It's so funny. ...is that they were caught on camera. Oh, my God. That one's so funny. Um, I tried to find the footage, but essentially it's like... It's two men going... I did. Did you? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But it was... Um... It was from the interview of one of the, uh, well, the the person who recovered the painting, oh my detective. God. Um, and in that interview, they showed like the snippet of that CCTV footage, and they walked up the stairs. They Stop. fell down. They walked up the stairs again, and then took the painting. Oh my god! And wheeled it away on a wheelbarrow. I love that. Um, it's just. A few days after the theft. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just fucking bananas. Oh, excuse me. I'm just going to take that. Uh, a few days after the theft, yep. there was the uh, there was a anti-abortion group that was threatening that if uh, or that Norway could have the painting returned if if they showed this anti-abortion film on television. Ugh. And obviously that turned out to be false. But again, yeah. it's like, oh my god, <laughs> what a political statement! People will use tragedy to <laughs> further their own agenda. Always, never forget. Yep, yep. <sighs> but because of all this confusion, um, when they received a ransom demand in March of that year, so a month later, um, they kind of thought it was false. Like, all right, you want $1 million, American dollars? Okay, sure, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, and so uh, the, same, uh, the same thieves then got a, like, a request from the Getty Museum, right? And the Getty Museum says, okay, hey, we'll buy it from you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And so these two, who are clearly uh, amateur thieves from their sophistication and 
their their requests and their <laughs> demands. Um, they go, oh my god, yeah, here, take it. Turns out it was a sting operation between uh, the Norwegian police, the British police, and the Getty. And uh, yeah. the painting was recovered undamaged uh, in May 7th of 94. So, like, it was only gone for three months. Pretty good. <laughs> three months, yeah. Um, the 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 story that how of how it got recovered is actually really interesting um and basically to go a bit more in detail into it um there was this guy a detective called charles hill yes uh he's i think he's still alive i don't know why i said was anyway <laughs> uh he was like really trained in recovering art he was a police officer and he knew he had studied the work of monk specifically scream for a long time before he even went into this operation he studied the so that on the first painting monk blew out a candle on it and he uh, the detective charles he studied each speck how it got where it was placed and how it looked on the painting so that if he saw it he could recognize it instantly i mean the dedication (laughs) oh my god i mean talk about being trained specifically for one job (laughs) well yeah for now (laughs) yeah yeah but still like what's what's my what's my specialty oh i've memorized (laughs) candle specs from famous artists workshops i know exactly what wax type rembrandt used in his studio (laughs) and yet he recovered it i know i know he's a legend and i love him but it's so fucking like okay it is hilarious when it was actually showed to him that's how he realized that it was the real painting yeah and uh also like the back of the painting uh monk started painting on the back and he painted in charcoal and he didn't like it so he flipped the canvas (laughs) so he also that was also like a factor of like oh this is the real thing when oh, he shit. saw it yeah that's like, her oh, love yeah. it love this yeah that plus the wax it's definitely the re- real thing oh, and he he proposed as an art dealer and he like the getty museum created an entire identity for him like making him passports making him documents like dating back to like five years so he looked him in the eye and said we can call this an internship (laughs) you could call it that (laughs) and he basically hopped from person to person just looking for it and eventually was led to the actual thieves um and he was taken to a summer house Charming. and in that summer house in the kitchen there was a carpet and under this carpet was stairs to the basement and they carried up the painting for him and he saw it and he was like yes this is it this is the real thing and he quote-unquote bought it or he took took it and he barricaded himself in the hotel for a while and waited for the police to come and then return the painting to them and i wonder this i wonder how you look at a wine cellar and go yeah this is the perfect place to hide art yeah well the first this one was undamaged probably because it was not gone for that long oh yeah for sure just three months if you keep it in the cellar for a long time there's a lot of damp there so it's definitely going to be damaged what's great i guess it wasn't cold yeah wet environments yep (laughs) that's just fucking insane (laughs) yeah and they arrested like four people uh four people were convicted for it some for like being accomplices blah blah 
And then there was one person, uh, Paul Enger, who was convicted also before for stealing Monk's the Vampire in 1988. Some I never learned. So this was not his first rodeo. No, no. He he knew exactly how to get on that bull. Yep. But the most interesting, well, the most interesting and unfortunate thing is that he was sentenced for, uh, sentenced to like six years or something. Mm-hmm. And they released him because uh, on appeal, because legal grounds, quote unquote. And what happened was technically Charles had entered the country on false documents and was under a false identity, which by law invalidated the arrest, the criminal out of his sentence. Yep. Dang it. <laughs> well, but at I mean, least the painting was recovered. Yeah, no. But I mean, it's it's that whole like concept of, oh yeah, no, totally. Uh, this guy is definitely guilty, but because the cops didn't do their job correctly, did not dot yeah. those I's and cross those T's, he's gonna walk away <laughs> for free. Only to then return and steal another painting. Bananas, but then, but so like that's actually, in terms of as far as robberies go, that one's actually pretty wholesome. Just in the sense that like, oh, two dudes steal a painting, ditch, never to be seen again, quote unquote. Uh, (laughs) and then the painting comes back one piece, no problems, completely unharmed, and everyone gets a fun story out of it. Charles got to put his wax identification marker I you know glasses on he got to flex those <laughs> talk about, I yes. just that that particular <laughs> detail blows my mind yes so what do you do for fun I memorize wax patterns on canvas oh cool what oh, cool. <laughs> so do I oh my god hey. we have so much in common <laughs> Oh, man. But the 2004 theft wasn't so fun. Yeah. Nope. And as much details as we have for this one, there's not much for that the other one. Right. No. Um, it was kind of just like in August of 04. So like August 22nd of 2004 during like daylight hours, middle of the day. No issues. Yep. Masked gunmen wearing their balaclavas enter the Monk Museum in Oslo and steal the Scream or the 1910 version of the Scream and uh, another painting. Uh, what was it? Monk's Madonna? Madonna. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and there's a photograph of it where the um, robbers are escaping to the car with the artwork. Which is pretty, like, yeah. wild. Yeah. Uh, they're not, I mean, despite this being scarier, I think the level of, like, sophistication of the robbery is about the same. Uh, there's the quote here where it's, like, speaking in Norwegian, one of the men held the two guards at gunpoint, ordering them to the floor, while the other used a wire cutter to clip the framed paintings free from the wall. Witnesses described the thieves as clumsy, even dropping the paintings on the way out. Yeah. Screaming sounds. Uh, Screaming sounds. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Man, could you imagine just like being at the museum and then that happens? Mm-mm. Nope. Um, PTSD forever. PTSD forever but then I mean like that's part of the reason why uh like the following year uh police arrest a suspect but the painting remains missing and there's even this rumor this theory that the thieves had burned the paintings to destroy evidence (laughs) 
It's very stressful, okay? It's very stressful. The uh, the Norwegian government offers a reward of like two million kron, krone, kron, 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 um, for information that could help locate the paintings, and like. It's so crazy because um, I think total six men went to trial, uh, either like either um, as accessories to the robbery or as having participated or planned the robbery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, at least thankfully, the museum did close for a security overhaul. <laughs> thank you but I mean with like all of the convictions and all of the trials they didn't find the painting until like what was it 2006 yes oh my god two years oh my god <laughs> kinda like the Mona Lisa <laughs> kinda like the Mona Lisa yeah but at least when they found the Mona Lisa she was fine <laughs> yeah yeah as opposed um, to well, these poor babies, they were they were okay considering what they went through. Well, that what was it better than expected condition? Exactly. That's what yes. I'm gonna like needlepoint onto literally everything. I mean, technically, they expected it to be burned. I mean, that is better than expected condition. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my god! It's in one piece. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, it was recovered. Both of them, both Madonna and uh, Scream were recovered. And it was slightly damaged, slightly. A little water uh, damage on the Scream uh, and a couple of yeah. holes in the Madonna. Exactly. Which was, which is considering what it couldn't, could oh have happened God. to it. Because it was, well, n not talking about the burn thing, but because it was in the hands of people who weren't experienced of taking care of such uh, prized paintings and such, like, historical Not even that. Art is just such a fickle bitch sometimes. And if you're not exactly. careful with it, it really... Yeah. It can really, really damage your work. Like, even too much sunlight will destroy a piece of yeah. art. So, like, exactly. imagine all the other conditions that you can find yourself in. Because at the end of the day, it's yeah, just, we... like, fabric and wood. <laughs> exactly. And we know this, and we, uh, me and you, we know how you shouldn't put the painting in sunlight, or you shouldn't do this and that. But you shouldn't leave it in a basement. They probably had no idea. Right. The... And they probably mishandled it. I mean, it got moisture in the corner. What did you do? Did you put it in water? Did you did you put it in a cellar? Uh, well, probably. I mean, if you threw it probably. in a cold enough basement, it, it, if you just leave that, yeah. if you left it near like a little puddle or up against the wall for too long, it's not unheard mm -hmm. of. But thankfully, because it's not unheard of, it's also like easily or easily reversed yeah. uh this isn't permanent damage and in fact the the director of the museum confirmed like that the condition could be repaired yeah oh my god True. um but what was very cool and i think which was very successful all things considered uh the paintings were put up on display by the monk museum in uh September of 2006 to like have a five day exhibition that you could view the damaged paintings yeah which uh, kind of probably sensationalized it as well oh for sure I, mean, I would definitely want to see that and there were like Mm, five five thousand five hundred people that viewed the paintings in those five days, which is so insane. Five days, <laughs> yeah, it's very impressive. Some museums don't even get that in a month. Like, think about yep. that. <laughs> yep, yep. Basically, 
Ugh. But yeah, now there's uh, I read this article about this one about this scream that it's the paint is fading. It's not related to the theft or anything, but that's really concerning to think about hmm. because like the the yellow the orange in the sky that's very prominent and that's like the whole scream thing yep. you know that that old thing <laughs> yeah it's becoming whitish in certain certain places uh as well as like a little bit close to the face it's kind of fading and they do not know how to stop it or mm. how to preserve it. Hopefully they will figure out a way to do that. But yeah, it's concerning. Well, <laughs> it's just all bad. But I mean, that's the, yeah. if anyone could figure it out, it would be Monk who would just paint another one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's bring him back. Bring him Where did back. He go? <laughs> but I mean, so that's actually um, in consideration to painting it again. Uh, the copyright for the scream like expired, and because of that, it has persisted through the late twentieth century into now. Even that it's been imitated, parodied, copied, even, yeah. and it kind of leans it leans hard into the st like the pop culture status that it has um, exactly did you know the scream mask was based on it the one from uh the 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 horror movie scream yes i did not know that <laughs> i did my brain did not connect those dots uh, well only because that man in that movie was a murderer and monk also, was an I've only seen the scary lad. movie version so yeah <laughs> i didn't I've realize that the, the silence from version. doctor who was based on this that was a thing i yeah. learned yep that's also based on it and our Who's my you, favorite emoji the screaming emoji <laughs> that'll be all well, over these uh these yeah. posts it'll be all over the twitter <laughs> Yes. That's so good. Um, and Home Alone. Yes! <laughs> Home Alone uh, poster and the iconic scream of uh, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I love it so much. It's, yeah. it's widely imitated, never, never copied. It's, it's, it's original as hell. It's so much fun. I can't believe it's been stolen as many times as it has been. <laughs> yeah. But it also uh, it also was in the Courage and Cowardly Dog episode, right? You said this. Oh, my God. That's actually part of where, like, uh, I think about it. Um, <laughs> it's been used in the series a bunch of times. That's, like, my early childhood memory of Edward Monk's The Scream. Uh, yeah, because it's 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 burned into my nightmares, Elena. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Every paintings. single episode of that show, but specifically the the scream <laughs> episodes. Oh, return the. I do not snap. remember actually. Oh, oh. oh, Um, the weird. Um, expressionist. Do you remember the episode where where Courage finds like the haunted cursed amulet or the the tab uh, the the slab the slab and uh, he's then visited by this like scream character for the rest of the episode until he returns it to wherever or buries it in the ground. <laughs> it's just. I don't remember. It's all I can yeah. think about. <laughs> show. Oh man, I've been picturing it. I've been doodling it for the past like hour <laughs> nice. now. So 
<laughs> I'm going to be visited by horrible spirits in the middle of the night. I can yep. just feel it. Yep. Enjoy. Like the silent scream from Doctor Who. But he's oh our bud. I know. <laughs> Think of him as a bud. It's all- And then he won't be scared anymore. I won't be scared anymore. Yeah. That's... That's that's the solution. Yeah. <laughs> Take all of your fears and turn them into friends. That. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine him in his underwear. Yep. <laughs> don't. You don't know what's under that. Do clothes? Is he a skeleton? Waggles. I don't know. Skeletons emaciated skeletons i don't know it's it's such a fascinating painting and it's such a banana story at the end of the day (laughs) it be you know it's wild (laughs) it's all wild but i think that's what's like so exciting about this topic in general is that um it was like that argument was made um in the sense that both the Mona Lisa and the Scream are both paintings that were popular in their own respect beforehand. Yes. But after their robbery and after their subsequent return, alleged return, but after their return, like, they they both took on this global sensation. Yes. This, like, the sense of loss for both paintings. And the subsequent returning of it really defined them as cultural landmarks. Exactly. That, like, we can't get enough of. (laughs) Ever. 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 But, I mean, that's part of the reason why they live on as they do. And especially in our, uh, like, consumeristic... because of the fact that there's so much merch with it on it, it's it's interesting to to see it develop. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I just had an idea. We should have we should have a we should have the scream merch <laughs> as well. A Mona Lisa hmm. merch. Hmm. Leave her out of both. It. <laughs> oh my god, both. We could both both. Interesting. Let me write that down real fast. <laughs> Oh my god, Elena, thank you so much for doing this with me. Me too. This has been fun. This is so much yes. fun. <laughs> it's 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 like like I said, it's a wild story. Art theft in general is so crazy to me it is. that I just want to talk about it forever. Yeah, and it's uh also very dramatic. Exactly how I like Super it. Super dramatic. <laughs> yes. And it's it's very fun as well to research and to to look into these stuff. It's a lot of yeah, totally for research purposes. Yep, that's yep. right. Google search. That's right. <laughs> Government listening. It's only for research, not not because I'm planning to steal my own paintings. <laughs> nope, nothing like that. Not not at all. Nope. Nope. <laughs> we didn't give ourselves away, right? Um, nope, not at all. We are totally innocent. Okay. And in being innocent, you can follow us on the internet. Internet. <laughs> At BYWR Pod on Instagram. And BYWR Pod on Twitter. Hey. Uh, you can also email us at BYWArtPod at gmail.com if you have any exciting uh, art theft tips, tricks. If you are. Uh, if you're enjoying these themes, these topics, um, if you have a crazy story about stolen art being found in attics, that's always fun. That's very fun, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. We still don't have an outro. Nope. Um, have a nice day. <laughs> when in doubt, to the out. When in doubt, to the out. <laughs> I feel like that's the quintessential art history mood <laughs> it, it's it's the main art, art history mood for sure <laughs> all right we'll workshop this yep all right guys okay you've been great
Have a nice day. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch your face. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't go to the beach. Avoid crowds. <laughs> <laughs> Social distance. <laughs> Bye. Bye.